um, we're in this series called Bless This Mess, and uh, just a quick question, how many of you have a mess in your life? You're amongst friends in the room. Um, We've been talking about a lot of different things, but, but really we've been talking about some of the closest relationships in our lives, but we've also been talking uh, about personally uh, what's going on within us, and, and I, hope, I, I hope you're spending some time really reflecting on some of the, the messes that, um, that aren't just a part of those relationships around you, but the messes that you bring to the table as well. And I know that's a little uncomfortable, and you're thinking, why did I come to church today? We're going to talk about my mess in church today. Just a little bit. We're going we're gonna to hopefully dig into that. And I mean, how many of you know that we all have baggage in life? Do you know that? Do you know that you, have, you bring baggage to the table wherever you go? There you are. You know, it, I mean, we all bring baggage. We all bring messes uh, in, into the relationships of our lives and really, all of us want God's blessing. The truth is, all of us want God's blessing, and we've been using this. This is our working definition of what blessing is when, when Jesus talks about it. Um, a blessing is, is God-given joy and peace and fulfillment. God-given given joy and peace and fulfillment, regardless of the circumstances of our lives. Now, isn't that something that we all want? I mean, all of us want that in our lives. We want to experience joy. And sometimes we, we, we describe it or we explain it, we, say we want happiness, but the truth is we want something much deeper than happiness because happiness comes and goes. And, and many times happiness is just based on the surrounding circumstances. And, and, and we all know we can't always control the circumstances around us, right? Um, some of us want to. I mean, I, I, I love like trying to control what's going on around me, but the truth is we just can't control everything and if our happiness comes and goes, uh, we, we need something much deeper than just happiness. And, and that's what uh, Jesus, when he, when he says God blesses certain people in certain circumstances, it's this much deeper joy and peace and fulfillment. So just to give you a quick um, rundown and, and review on where we've been so we're all kind of on the same place. The first week, uh, talking about these beatitudes of Jesus, we talked about the idea that God blesses us when we're at the end of our rope right, when, when we're empty, and we recognize the, the, the truth and the fact that we need God, that we can't do it on our own, that there's something about coming to the point uh, at which we, we realize that we need something bigger than ourselves in life. There's something about that, and Jesus said, God blesses you when you come to that place, when you realize it and you admit that. Um, in the 12 steps, uh, 12 Steps kind of begins with this idea that, that I came to the place when I realized my life was uncontrollable. I was, it was out of control, and I couldn't do anything to fix it, and I needed something bigger than myself, and that was God. Uh, this, this idea that, that God blesses us when we come to the end of our rope, when we, when we acknowledge that. And then last week, we talked about this idea. Jesus says, um, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we asked the question last week, and I hope you've wrestled with this, is what do you really hunger and thirst for in life? We, we all hunger and thirst after something, so what is it that you hunger and thirst after? And I gave you this crazy challenge called the hunger challenge last week. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I got some emails and some phone calls and notes about people who actually did the hunger challenge. And um, one of my friends said, Matt, I'm, I'm doing the hunger challenge, and I've never fasted before in my life. And I said, that is awesome. And he said, I also have a colonoscopy, so I have to <laughs> fast. And um, I said, that doesn't count. you got to pick another day because it's not. And he said, no, I'll just take this one. And um, uh, 
so, so the, the idea of fasting is to put us in a place where we're more open to God's Spirit, where we realize um, something within us is, is longing for something else, uh, like food. And, and, and if we take ourselves to that place and, and then we, we focus on God instead of food and say, God, what, what do I really hunger after in this life? That it, it, can, it can lead us to some good places. So that was, that was last week. And this week we're going on to a, a, another of the Beatitudes. Before I get there, Let's just talk about Halloween for a second, um, which is strange, right? Halloween. Uh, th- there, are, there are interesting um, studies out there on Halloween, and, and we have in, in America a growing fascination with Halloween. Um, just a quick question, uh, a guess. H- how much money do you think Americans spend on Halloween this year? Just, just take a guess. Three billion, okay. Three billion, higher or lower? Let's do... Uh, Higher? Okay, higher. What about $5 billion? Higher or lower? Higher. higher five so they're estimating this year, based on sales so far, $9.1 billion on Halloween, which is like, how many of you like, hear that and you think, if I could just have a little bit of that, like, I'd be happy. Like, that would bring me blessing, joy. <laughs> um, we spend this money, and now quick, quick thought about like, what are the top Halloween costumes uh, this year. So I want you to share with your neighbor um, top Halloween costumes for this year. Just take a guess. Go ahead and share with your neighbor what you think it is. Got it? Got an idea? All right. How many of you said, and I'm going to give you some broad categories, and, and if, you, if you did this, just you can raise your hand. How many of you said it was an animal? How many of it was an animal? Nobody. That's number two. You, wow. Animals, like number two. Okay. Um, how many of you said superheroes? Any of the superheroes? You guys win. That's the number one costume this year is superheroes. Um, how many of you said Star Wars? Because that's not superheroes. Star Wars, that's number three on the list. And then there are others that go from there. We spend a lot of money covering ourselves up, don't we? Now, there's some deeper truth to that. Oh, like we spend a lot of money wearing masks in life. And we spend a lot of effort. We spend a lot of time doing things on, our, on, on, on the exterior of our lives to, 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 to say something about ourselves that may or may not really be true about who we are. And Halloween's just kind of a, a fun little side, but the truth is, at a much deeper level, many of us do everything that we can to keep others from knowing who we really are down deep inside of us. And I think one of the most important uh, themes and, and storylines of the Bible is God wanting us to know our true identity and wanting us to rest in who we really are and coming to grips with the, the pain that is within us, the pain we've experienced from time to time, coming to grips with that, and, and finding healing and wholeness through His Son, Jesus. I, th- I think the storyline of the Bible screams at us, you are a child of God, and you are dearly loved. Some of you are here for the first time, and, 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 and you do not believe that, but I want you to know, if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to know, if you miss everything else, that you are a son or a daughter of God, and you are dearly loved, and there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing. Like you're dearly loved by God. 
And, and God wants you to, to receive that and rest in that and come to a place of healing to be put back together in who he created you to be. With all the scars and the brokenness that you take on from life around you, God wants you to, to, to realize that and, and recognize that. There, there's a story in the Old Testament, and most of you have heard of, of, a, of a guy named David in, in the Bible. Um, one of the most famous stories was about David and Goliath. So some of you have heard that story before. Um, that's in the Bible, and, and if you kind of back up from that story, there's this, there's this moment at which God wants to, uh, he wants to crown a, a new king for Israel, his people, and so this man comes to, to the house of, uh, where David is, is being raised, and he's trying to pick who the next king is, and so he goes through this list of all these children in this, this one house, and he kind of gets through the whole list, and he's like, there's no one here. No one is, is, is fit to be the king. And there's this realization that, that for humans, we tend to look on the exterior of our lives. But God searches much deeper within at the heart. And David, who's like the runt of the litter. Have you ever felt like the runt of the litter? Like you're not good enough. You're the, you're the one who doesn't measure up. Have you ever felt like that? Like that was David. And, and there's this, this like moment where he is anointed the next king because of the condition of his heart, not what was on the exterior of his life, but because of his heart. So this beatitude that we come to today, Jesus says this, blessed are those whose hearts are pure. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure, for, for they will see God. Uh, one, some of your translations, if you're opening your Bible, they might say pure in heart, same, same concept. Hearts are pure, pure in heart. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. Now, if you're like me and, and you see this and you hear it, you are really disappointed because you think to yourself, oh, that's someone else. <laughs> like Jesus is talking about someone else. He's not talking about me because I know what's down here. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I mean, there's this feeling like I can't measure up to that. My heart is not pure. Well, there's good news for you today. And there's good news for me. And, and I want to I walk this path out a little bit and, and talk about what it means to be pure in heart. Now, um, purity is an interesting thing. And I looked it up just to give us an idea of what purity is. And, and here's what it says. Freedom from anything that debases, contaminates, or pollutes. Complete and undivided. Like this is what purity is. Like something that's, that's undivided, that's complete. Um, I remember when I was in college and... I had found the love of my life, and, and I, wanted, um, I wanted to ask her to marry me. And so I went to that ring shop, you know. I, I went, and, and I knew kind of the ring that, that, that she wanted. I had an idea in my mind. Guys, if you're, um, if you're considering asking someone um, to marry you, find a clever way to take them out before you buy the ring and find out the kinds of rings that they like. Because sometimes... We just miss, like, everything about what, we, what, what, what they want and, and what we think. So anyways, I go, that's just a side note. That's like a bonus. Some of you are, like, writing that down. That's enough for the morning. So I go to this ring shop, and I'm like, I think I know. She, she said something about baguettes. I have no idea. That sounds like something you eat to me, but I guess it's on a ring. And, and then a diamond, and, and the, the jeweler sat down with me, and, you know, son, the most important part of this ring is the diamond. And you need to know the four C's of the diamond. And I was like, the four C's. I, I'm only interested in one C, and that's the cost of the diamond. <laughs> Which, 
again, is, is not the right answer when you're asking someone to marry you. And so the four C's, and there's the, there's the cut, and there's the carrot of the diamond. But then, when it comes to purity, there's the clarity, right? The clarity and the color of the diamond, which allows you to know more about the purity. And, and, and the first thing that you get is the diamond, because you want something that's pure. This represents your love for your future spouse. This represents everything you think about her. And I was like, are you trying to upsell me right now? And absolutely he was trying to upsell me. And I got her the biggest small diamond that I could get her. (laughs) And I think she loved it. You can ask her later. But there's this idea of clarity. And when we think about the heart, there's this idea about an undivided, clear heart, focused heart, on God. And for many of us, we're, we're overwhelmed with that thought. We're, we're overwhelmed with, with the idea that our heart could be so focused on something. But the truth is, we, we tend to do this all the time in life. We, we, we put our heart in certain directions. And listen, we can do this when it comes to our relationship with God. There is a way to direct our hearts completely with, with purity toward God. Um, and 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 so what I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to give us just a few ideas of, of how we do this. How, how, do we, how, do we, how do we find ourselves, how do we create this, this, this purity of heart when it comes to our lives? And here's the first, and I think the most important, and Scripture talks about this in a few different places. Here's the first thing that we can do, is that we guard our heart. That we have to come to a place, each of us individually, come to a place where we begin to guard our hearts and keep out anything that can contaminate them. Now, um, in, in Proverbs, Proverbs has a number of great little um, sayings that I think can, can guide us, but, but in Proverbs chapter 4, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, if you took this seriously, if I took this seriously, if, if the idea was that the heart really determines the course of our lives, I think we would spend a little bit more time guarding it and keeping it pure. If, if we really believe that, that the condition of the heart would set us up for, for future success or failure or pain or joy, I think we would spend a little bit more time in this. Now, um, I'm not going to spend as much time on, on each of the next ones, but I want to just spend a moment here, and I want to sit here for just a second and talk about our propensity to rationalize those things that can contaminate our hearts. And, and I do it along with you. You, you. you know what I'm talking about. Like, there, there are certain things that we watch or listen to, and we think, like, this has no bearing on my heart whatsoever. It has no bearing on me whatsoever. And the truth is, the things that we let on a regular basis into our hearts will eventually impact the course of our lives. The things that we consistently let into our heart will will one day, whether or not we we think it's true today, it will will impact the course of our lives in the future. Listen, when I was in high school, um, you guys know I played... I played sports, and, and some of my teammates loved a certain kind of music and that would pump us up, and I loved that as well. I loved that feeling of getting pumped up. And so we, we, we had a season where we listened to the same music again and again and again. 
And I'm telling you, with everything that I am, I wish I could get it out of my head, and I wish I could get it out of me. And, and some of it's just the music itself, but, but much more important than that is the lyrics that I cannot forget. We listened for, for a season, uh, this, this music that, that we repeated again and again, and, and I could repeat it standing here, and it would be embarrassing for me to do that. The things that we allow into our hearts again and again, it's not just music, it's sometimes the movies that we watch, it's the things that we scroll on our, on our phones or on our computers, and we look and we think, we, we rationalize this, and we think it's really not that big of a deal. Men in the room, men, sometimes that we think we can look at certain things and it won't impact the most important relationships in our, in our lives, like our wives, and I'm telling you, it does pornography will destroy the closest relationship and the most fulfilling relationship we can ever have. It will destroy the intimacy that God wants us to experience with our spouse. And we rationalize it. We think this is a side of my life. It's never going it's, it's to have any impact. And the truth is, the more that we let those things into our heart, the more they direct the course in the future. All of us, like setting up this guard to say, I'm not going to allow certain things into my heart. Thoughts, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the things that we, we scroll through, the things that we read again and again and again. I mean, all of it, if we're not careful, if we allow it just like little pieces, if we allow it into our hearts. Jokes. And I know how it works. I, I get it. The jokes, and they're funny, and we like to laugh at them, but there's something about inappropriateness that gets into our hearts, and some of you want to, I get it, you want to roll your eyes and think, it's really not that big of a deal. It is. And if you look at the condition of our world today, so much of it is because we're allowing things into our hearts that we think don't matter, and they do. And Proverbs tells us, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard it, because it will determine the course of your life. I think racism and sexism and all of those things, I think they, they are because we're allowing certain things into our hearts, and we begin to believe they're true. And then they impact the course of our lives. They impact the actions that we, we have in our outer lives. Jesus said this at one point. He said, out of the overflow of, of, of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to know what's the condition of my heart, then begin listening to the words of your mouth. If you want to know the condition of your heart, begin listening to the words of your mouth. And I don't mean just like when you're in church. <laughs> That's the easy part. I mean like in the places where no one else is around, when the guy cuts you off or, or she cuts you off on, on Shay, like what are the words that come out of your mouth? Because that reveals what's going on down deep within you. And, and if if they have a McDowell sticker on the back of their car, bless them. Don't curse them. <laughs> That's why I don't have a McDowell sticker. Anyway, you get it. Um, you get it. Guard your heart, right? That's where it starts. Now, uh, um, the next couple I want to talk specifically. Oh, let me, let me mention too. If you, if you are single and dating or ever want to be dating, like this idea of guarding your heart um, is, is so very important. 
Like this isn't just about married or couples or family. This is, this is about those um, who would want to one day, like guard it now. Guard your heart now. Don't rationalize little pieces as they come in. No, no, just like guard your heart. Um, now, second little piece, and I think this is so very important, and, and I learned this in the last couple of weeks um, at another level that was so important to me to remember this. For parents in the room, um, we parent the heart, not just the behavior. And this is so difficult, parents, because, like, uh, parenting the behavior and controlling the behavior, though we think it's hard at times, like, that's the easy side. The harder thing is to get into the heart of our children and parent the heart. So we had a situation in the last couple weeks, and um, I won't tell you the details of it, but um, with with one of our kids, and, and there was just this moment where, like, I found myself fixated on behavior only. And Robin, she just reminded me again and again, like, I'm more concerned with his heart than with the behavior. Now, we have three boys, so you don't know which one it is. But um, it's, it's not just about the behavior. Behavior's important, but there's something much deeper and much more important. Parents, we, we've got to parent at a heart level, not just the behaviors of our kids. If we, if we parent only the behavior, eventually, as we give our kids more and more freedom, what's inside of them will come out, and most of the times, that'll happen outside of the context of our homes where it's much more dangerous, where it has much more impact on who they are and who they're becoming. So while the kids are in our homes, while our students are in our homes, let's parent to the heart, let's give them some safety to express what's going on within them, not to be so overly concerned with their behavior that we can't understand something much deeper. If we give them the freedom and the safety of expressing their hearts, we might be able to connect on a level that is more helpful long-term. Does that make sense? Are you with me, parents? Don't just parent the behaviors. Parent at the heart level. Um, Jesus was one time going off on the Pharisees, and I love this part uh, where he goes off and he says this. He says, you clean the outside of the cup, but on the inside you're filthy. Like, you, you, you want the outside to look great, but it's, it's the inside. That's so very important. Okay, third, third thing, and this has to do with, with married couples. Um, I think we have to connect on a heart level, not just on an interest level. Most of us are so focused on the interest levels, and if, if we're always focused just on the interests of one another, and if we're connecting on those levels, eventually we become roommates and not soulmates. The heart level connecting on a level where we express what is going on deep within us so that we don't just become passing ships in the night where we just do things we enjoy together and we simply become roommates and not soulmates. God wants us to experience something in our relationships, connecting our hearts on a deep, deep, deep level. Um, so many resources for these kind of things, and, and, and we'll try to get some of that out in the next couple of weeks. And there's some even in the journal. There's a, there's a section of resor- resources at the end of this series, if you'll look in, in your journals um, and, and find that. And like I said, if you're new, we have a journal that we're going to give to you, if you'll just stop by Connect Central. But there's some resources in there, hopefully to help at that level. Um, David, as he was writing the Psalms, David had these interesting moments in his life, life where certain things got into him that he didn't want to get into him. He started out as a man after God's own heart, but then he let himself stray and let some certain things in. 
And in the Psalms, he gives us really good prayers that I think were probably a part of his life. Um, and, and this is one that he prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious, anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. See, the, the heart will determine the course of your life, right? So when we ask God to point out things in us and lead us and guide us, it leads us towards everlasting, or you could read in there, fulfilling life, like a, a fulfilling life that starts today and lasts into eternity. Search me, O oh God. This is a great prayer. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little challenge with this in a little bit. But write down Psalm 139, and, and you can come back to it again and again. In another part um, of, of the Psalms, he says this. He says, create in me, God, a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. So it's this invitation for God to do something within us. Um, for those of you who are a part of the 12 steps or who have ever been, um, you know how much I think I've, I've said it enough, I value the 12 steps at such a deep level. And um, there are these steps uh, kind of in the middle of the process that I think match exactly what we're talking about here when it comes to the heart. That, that I was able at, at, at a point in my life to admit what was going on deep within me. And those of you who have been through the 12 steps, you know how important this is. That I came to a place where I could admit my shortcomings, to myself, to God, maybe to one other trusted individual. Like, I, I came to the place where I could, I could admit, you know, there is something going on within me that I don't want anyone to know, and, and, and it is not a good thing. And then, came to a place where you were ready to have God remove that, that I came to a place where I said, God, I'm, I'm ready for this to be out of my life. I do not want to be driven and guided by this, whatever it is deep within me. And then finally, I ask God to remove it. I ask God to remove this from me. Now, isn't that a powerful picture of this process that we're talking about the heart? This, like admitting what's there, number one, admitting what's there. Number two, coming to a place where I'm not just admitting it. It's one thing to admit it and say, man, I, I just keep coming back to this again and again and again, and then tomorrow I keep coming back to this again and again and again, and then the next day I keep coming back to this again. Well, there's a point at which you've got to be ready to like get it out of your life. And so you've got to get to that place where it's like, I have got to let this be removed from me, and then asking God to be the one that does that. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me, like a pure heart. Um, to help us with this, over this, this next week, um, I want to give you a stillness challenge. So last week I gave you a hunger challenge. Some of you like this one better, stillness. Um, some of you can't stand stillness, and uh, this will be harder for you than the food challenge last week, the hunger challenge. But here's the stillness challenge. To be still for three to five minutes each morning. To get into a quiet, still place where, where you don't have any distractions, don't bring your phone with you, um, put your journal down. You never thought you would hear a pastor say this. Put your Bible aside for just, just, just stillness, just quietness for three to five minutes. And in the quietness, like take a, a mental inventory of what's going on within you. Just a mental inventory. And maybe you think through yesterday, like what happened yesterday, what conversations was I, was I in? 
what did I watch? What did I listen to? Just take just the mental inventory in this stillness. And then, uh, you know, give God space and, and ask God to create a clean heart, a pure heart within you. And I think uh, maybe the first couple of days, if, if, if prayer has not been a part of your life and you're, you're someone, and, and this is very common, someone who says, I just don't know what to pray or how to pray, and so I just don't pray. That's a pretty common. Um, so I, I get that. I think if you do this on a regular basis, if you create a little bit of a rhythm in your life and you do this, like by day two, three, four, I think like something will begin happening within you. I think the Spirit will begin to do something within you and it might be painful, like it, you, you might not want some of that, but I'm telling you, it'll lead you to a place, a good place with your heart. Okay, the stillness challenge. We'll put this out on social media too, so um, if you forget, um, hopefully you can pick it up in one of those places. Now, just, okay, now put everything aside just for a second. There's this, there's this beautiful picture in the Old Testament where, where God's people are kind of indicted where they say, you know, you have this stony heart, like this heart that is just rock solid and nothing can get into it. And there's this, this coming day when God will take out your, your heart of stone and replace it with a new heart, a soft heart. And he's pointing, in the Old Testament, they're pointing to Jesus. And you guys hear me say this all the time, if we miss Jesus, we miss Everything, yeah, yeah, we can't miss Jesus in this because we can't fix our own hearts. We can't fix our own hearts. If I have a clogged artery, I can change, I, I can, I can change my, my patterns of eating, I can exercise more and more, but if it's completely clogged, I need a doctor to do something I cannot do on my own. I can try to cut myself open, but it's going to end badly, <laughs> right? You, we need, spiritually speaking, we need a new heart. We need a new heart. All of us. Not just you. Not just you. Me. I need a new heart. I, I need God to do something that I can't do on my own. And this is the good news of Jesus. It's the good news that God offers it to us. Yeah, he, he says, I know that you're going to mess this up again and again, but, but I, every day, you know, I will give you a new heart. And you can't do it on your own. But if you'll turn to me, I'll give you a new heart. I'll take out that, that old heart that's solid and you can't get into it. I'll, I'll give you something new. Like, isn't that good news? Don't you want that? Blessed are, the, are those whose hearts are pure. Why? For they'll see God. They'll see God. They'll get a glimpse and in getting a glimpse of God, I think we never want to be who we once were in the past. Um, the band's going to lead us in one last song, and I'm going to invite you, let's just stand together, and, and um, I'm just going to give you some space. We want to give you space just to respond however God is leading you to respond. There's some candles in the back of the room, and light represents God's presence, so maybe you want to light a candle and ask God to be with you this week, to, to guide you, to direct you, to, to give you a clean heart. There's a cross right here and some paper. And for some people, writing some things down is helpful. So maybe you want to write down, maybe you want to, it can be a moment of confession. You can just write down what you know is in your heart that you wish other people didn't know and put it up on the cross. And we will shred that this week. We'll destroy it. 
But maybe you just want to put it up on the cross and ask God to, to create in you a clean heart. Um, for others, your response is just to sing or to think, to reflect, and just to spend some time um, just in your own mind. So we want to give you space to do that this morning. Um, would you bow your heads as we begin? And um, I'm going to say a prayer. Um, before, I, before I say that prayer, um, I want to pray specifically for those who, who know they need God to clean their heart. And so if that's you today, will you just slip your hand up so I, so I can see you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, you see these hearts in this room. You see these those who, who desperately want you to do something in them that they can't do in themselves. God, me too. I mean, I, I find myself again and again not guarding my heart as I should. So God, I pray that you would guide us and direct us, that you would search us and know us and test us and point out those things that are contaminating our lives. Give us pure hearts. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.